Well, I have a confession to make. The other night, Suzanne and I did something we'd never done before. We built the fire in the fireplace, and we watched a particular Christmas movie. And the confession of this is this, that we had never watched it before. Now, don't judge me, because there's somebody in here who would judge me, I think, about this. The movie was It's a Wonderful Life. And so I know that it's hard to imagine that somebody could go through their entire life without watching It's a Wonderful Life, but we had done it. And so we'd never watched it before. And then we found out it was really good. It was a pretty good show. In case you don't really remember exactly what It's a Wonderful Life is all about, it's a guy named George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart. And George gets stuck in his hometown running his father's building and loan, a savings and loan that is in the town and it lends money to the people in town who generally couldn't afford to get money from the other mean banker in town. But George doesn't want to do that. George wants to travel. George wants to see the world. He wants to make a difference. He wants to do big things. He said he wants to build bridges and skyscrapers and he has all these plans but he gets stuck in his small town. And at one point in the movie, George is facing getting into some serious legal trouble because his absent-minded uncle misplaced $8,000 and he's going to be charged with embezzlement because the money is missing. And at that point, he breaks. And he says, you know what? I'd be better off if I was never born. I'd be better off if I was dead. So so he heads off to a a bridge and he's going to kill himself. And at that point, there's a angel. What's his name? Clarence. You all saw the movie already. Many times. And there's an angel named Clarence, and Clarence hasn't yet got his wings. And he is given the job of going down to to straighten George out and show him that his life is worthwhile. And so Clarence, knowing that George is going to do, actually jumps in the river ahead of him. And and George, being the guy he is, jumps in and rescues Clarence. And then Clarence tells him to be an angel. And and he doesn't believe it, but he, he says, I'm going to grant you your, your request, your wish, and you're going to see what the world would be like if you were never born. And him and Clarence go to the home to his town, begin to walk through, and nobody knows George because George never existed. And he finds out that without his influence in his town, the town has become just a, a rotten and a corrupt place. And what he finds in the, in the movie through his life that doesn't exist is that one life could make a huge difference, even though before that he didn't realize it. And what the movie's point is, it tries to help us realize the impact of one person that one person could have on the world around them. And that got me to thinking. It got me thinking about the Christmas story and asking myself the question, what if Jesus had never been born? What if The first Christmas that we're here to celebrate never happened. We never got a chance to light the white candle in the center. What happened if Jesus was never born? No virgin birth. No baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. No shepherds receiving angelic news that the Christ child had come. No trip to the stable in Bethlehem. No wise men following the star bringing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. What kind of impact would that have on the world around us? Well, we don't really know, but we do know that it would make an incredibly huge difference. First of all, do you know how many people on planet Earth today uh, profess to be Christians? What's the estimate? Anybody know? 
2.3 billion. You know that Christianity is the largest religion in the world. So it would make an incredible difference for the 2.3 billion people that are classified as, as Christians in the world. And think of this. Think of the influence of all of those and all the people from the time of Christ, all those followers of Jesus who have been in the world, how followers of Jesus have literally changed every fiber of our world and its development. Think about how Christ's influence sparked world exploration centuries ago and got people to take the message of Christ around the world and how that has affected the world. Think how followers of Christ have done great good in the name of Jesus. And to show you how real this is, just think of the name of some of the hospitals in our community. We have St. Mary's. We have St. Luke's. We have Mount Sinai. The list goes on. Hospitals, and some have actually changed their names, hospitals that were named after saints and, and people of the church because most hospitals were originally started by Christians who wanted to do good for humanity. What would the world be like? without that influence. The same thing is true for most of our colleges. Most colleges in America were started by Christian people who wanted to make a world a better place through education. Harvard started off to glorify the Lord. The list goes on of of, of, a place of higher education that said that we want to change the world. The reason we want to do, we want to make a better place is because of Jesus's influence in our life. And every Christian generation since Christ's arrival on this earth, celebrating the center candle, every single group has helped the poor and comforted the hurting and fought moral decay. Think of all places just in our local community, places that if you're from Portview that we're really familiar with because we're involved with and we even support. Places like the gathering that serves meals um, in Milwaukee to homeless people. Thousands and thousands of people served each day for free or each year for free. Why? Because Christian people say people are worth it. Or how about Teen Challenge? That people are at Teen Challenge right now while we're sitting in in a church celebrating. There's all kinds of people who are at Teen Challenge, which is the world's largest drug and alcohol rehabilitation program in the world, the most effective. And we have a men's program and a women's program in Milwaukee, and they're there right now. Why? Because they're taking care of strangers that they didn't even know because they know Jesus loves them. Think about the Women's Care Center that we love around here, that we support, that helps moms who have pregnancies they didn't plan on keep those babies and raise them. Or think about uh, the Inner Beauty Center in Milwaukee that we support that targets and goes after women that are caught in sex trafficking and prostitution and helps them come to find out that they have worth and value. People that the rest of the world says they don't have any value. But Christian people change their entire life, give of their resources, give of their time to go help people who are strangers on the street. Why do they do it? Because of Jesus. So the influence of Jesus in the world is really this. It's unmeasurable. We could never measure it. So what would the world be like if Jesus was never born? Well, everything would be different. The world would be a sadder, darker, more wicked, less loving place, kind of what George Bailey experienced, um, you know, multiplied a million times because of having the positive influence of Christ in the world. And that would be tragic. But I think the greatest tragedy would be that we, that you and me, would not be able to know 
what God is really like. You see, the Bible in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, 15th verse says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And then Jesus said of himself to his disciples one day, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So he is the image, the invisible image of the invisible God. And Jesus says, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What we learn is that we get to know and to understand who God really is as we look at Jesus. That Jesus reveals God's reality to humanity in a way that is understandable. You know, I can't understand God being spirit. I can't understand God being trinity. Those things are hard to grasp. But God being a person revealing himself in in a human baby who grew up a perfect sinless life, that we can kind of begin to get our mind around. And that's what we have with Christ coming. And if he didn't come, we wouldn't have that. And we need that because this is so important because people have some really messed up views about what God is like and who God is. Some people believe that people are gods, that people are the highest authority and the greatest wisdom in all the world. And all I think about that is that's a God that's awful small and weak because I know people. I know myself. I wouldn't want to be God. You wouldn't want to be God. God needs to be so much more. Some believe that God is just an energy force. But think about the implications of that. Think how disappointing and impersonal that would be if God was just a force. Some people think that God is a judgmental dictator just waiting for people to mess up so he can punish them. What a sad view of God. Some people think that God is just some cosmic Santa Claus who grants good things to good people. I think how shallow that would be. But what the Christmas story reminds us is that we don't have to wonder what God is like. Because Jesus reveals the truth about God. As we understand Jesus, we understand God. So when we look at Jesus this Christmas Eve, what do we see? What do we see about Jesus that came to earth in the form of a a baby? What do we see? Well, the first thing we see is this. We see that God is near. That God is here. Jesus being born among us, shows us that God is right here with humanity, that God is not some distant being out there somewhere, that he is right here, right now. So think about this with the Christmas story with me. When the angels announced that Jesus would come, they gave him a name. He said, and his name shall be, what? Emmanuel. Remember what Emmanuel means? God with us. That's what we learn about God from the Christmas story, first of all, that God is with us, that God is right here, right now. God is with us when we pray, and God is with us when we work, and when we sleep, and when we play. God is with us. Jesus shows us we want to understand God. We see Jesus. Jesus shows us that, that God is not far away. God is not distant. If you feel alone right now, God's not far from you. The Bible teaches and experience shows us that God is near, that God is here. That's the first thing we see when we look at Jesus to understand more God more fully. But think of this, there's another one. What else? That God is love. You know, some people think that God is out to get them or to punish them for their wrongdoings. 
Jesus teaches something very contrary to that. Through Jesus, we see God's incredible love for us. The Son of God was willing to leave the wonder of heaven to take on a frail little baby human body, to be born as a a helpless infant, dependent on humanity, the humanity that he created, and to grow up and to endure temptation and to endure mistreatment and to endure injustice. Why would God do that? One word. Love. The Christmas story is all about how God loves us so much that he came to us to rescue us. Friends, that's love incarnate in flesh. That's who Jesus is. And maybe someone in here tonight needs to believe this. You need to believe that God loves you. You can say this. You can say, oh, God loves you or God loves them. But you think about your own life, and you think about your own failures, and you think about your own sadness and your own, and your own sinfulness, and you go, but God couldn't possibly love me. Friends, understand something tonight. What Jesus shows us about God, because he is God, is that God just doesn't love everybody else. God loves you. And you need to own that tonight because it's the truth of the Bible. You know what? Let that be your Christmas gift this year. Owning, maybe for the first time, the fact that God loves you. Somebody's got to go home tonight and look in their mirror and say, you know what? God, that's true because that's what's revealed in the story of Christ coming. You're going to look in the mirror tonight. You're going to look at at yourself and say, God, and this stuff for everybody else. God loves you. You're going to point to that person in the mirror. You. For some of you, it's the first time ever in your life. And here's the deal. It's true. God loves loves you. So we see that God is near and we see that God is love. And there's one more thing. There's a hundred things, but there's one more thing that I think that we want to think about on Christmas Eve tonight about God. And it's this, that God wants you to be part of his family. God wants to include you. When he came into this world, what he was doing is he was expanding his relationship of the Trinity. He was You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God in in perfect harmony, but Jesus came as a human being into our world. What he's doing is expanding his relationship. God wants you to be part of his family. See, it's one thing to know that God is near, and it's one thing to know that God loves you, but it's another to know that he welcomes you into his family and for you to say yes to him. I want to be part of your family the family of God. In John's gospel, it says this. It says, says, Yet to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. To become part of the family of God. Christmas is an invitation to belong to the family of God. Jesus' coming expands the relationship of the Trinity to include us. Jesus came to welcome us into relationship. That's what he, came, what he did when he came as a baby in the manger. And don't miss this, this Christmas Eve. God is welcoming you into his family. He wants to have a real family relationship 
with you and you say, yeah, but my family is messed up. And some of you might have to go to a messed up family this evening or tomorrow. You know what? God is loving and perfect. He's not like a messed up relative. He's not like a messed up mother or father. We can love them in spite of them and they can love us in spite of us. But God welcomes you into his family and he loves you perfectly. And I would say this is Christmas Eve. If you have never asked Jesus into your life and say, I want to be in your family, God, you can do that tonight. It simply begins by, by asking Jesus to say, I, I, I want to receive you. It's saying, Jesus, I, I need you in my life. I want you to come into my life and I want, to get, I want a brand new start in you. I want to turn from my old life and turn to you, Jesus, and now live in the family of God. Friends, when we think about Christmas, we think about the fact that Jesus came. Yeah, his people made a lot of difference in the world, and that has completely revolutionized the world. We'd be living George Bailey's nightmare without Jesus. But he came. Why? So we could know who God is. We can know God is here. We can know God is love. And we can know that God has expanded his family and he welcomes us into the family of God. That's good news at Christmas, isn't it? I'm going to invite you to stand with me this evening. And we're going to pray together. Would you join me in prayer this evening? Thank you, Father, for helping us to know you better. Thank you that when we, when we look at who Jesus is, we come to understand your beauty and your wonder and your perfection. We see your love. We experience an invitation from you. And Lord, we would ask this, this Christmas Eve, for every one of us in this place, Would not one of us walk through Christmas without knowing the Christ of Christmas? May it not be another year for any of us where that's just some saying, it's some word, it's just some title. But that today, every one of us, our hearts would be opened to the reality that you are here and that you love us and that you're calling us to be in your family. And that today, Lord, we would say yes to you. And Lord, I thank you. It's as simple as right now in the quietness of the moment saying, Lord, I need you. I'm empty without you. I don't have peace without you. I don't have hope without you. I don't have joy without you. But tonight, I welcome you into my life. I ask you to make me brand new. And Lord, this is what we know. That when we do that, 100% of the time, you say yes to our calling out to you. And we thank you for that incredible gift on Christmas Eve. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now as we end this evening, we always end our service. We have a tradition around here at Portview. We end our service by singing the song Silent Night with candlelight. And so you were giving candles when you came in. And as we begin to sing, 
our ushers, they begin to come now, are going to begin to light your candles. When your candle is lit, please hold it. Don't burn somebody and light the candle next to you. And then we're going to sing together, Silent Night.
Savior is born, we can know that truth. It changes everything about our world. Our hope and our prayer is that you go tonight and you celebrate with friends and family and tomorrow celebrate with friends and family and that you walk in the reality of the fact that Jesus is here, that he loves you, and he wants you to be in his family. And you know, if by chance that you do not have a church family that you would like to be part of, you're welcome.